Book First, Chapter Six of A Day of Fate by Edward P. Rowe. This LibriVox recording is in the public domain. Recording by Like Many Waters. Book First, Chapter Six. A Quaker Tea. Richard Morton said, "Mrs. Yocomb genially, thee seems listening very intently to something Emily Warren is saying, so thee may take the seat beside her." Richard Morton, said Mr. Yocomb from the head of the table, has thee made the acquaintance of Emily Warren? No, sir, but I am making it. So am I, and she has been here a week. I should esteem that one of the highest of compliments, I said, then turning to her I added in an aside, You found me out in half an hour. Am I such a sphinx? she asked Mr. Yocomb with a smile, while to me she said in a low tone, you are mistaken you have had something to say to me almost daily for a year or more i am not acquainted with the article so i can't give an opinion mr yocomb replied with a humorous twinkle in his eye if the resemblance is close so much the better for the sphinxes now father thee isn't a young man that thee should be complimenting the girls his wife remarked i've persuaded silas jones to stay said ada entering silas jones i hope thee and thy parents are well mrs yocomb answered with a courtesy somewhat constrained will thee take that seat by ada let me make thee acquainted with richard morton and emily warren we bowed but i turned instantly to miss warren and said do you note how delightfully mrs yocomb unites our names i take it as an omen that we may become friends in spite of my shortcomings you should have been named first in the order of merit mrs yocomb rarely makes mistakes she replied that confirms my omen omens are often ominous i'm prepared for the best hush and she bowed her head in the grace customary before meals in this house i had noted that mr yocomb's bow to mr jones was slightly formal also remembering the hospitable traits of my host and hostess i concluded that the young man was not exactly to their taste indeed a certain jauntiness in dress that verged toward flashiness would not naturally predispose them in his favor but ada although disclaiming any special interest in him seemed pleased with his attentions she was not so absorbed however but that she had an eye for me and expected my homage also she apparently felt that she had made a very favorable impression on me and that we were congenial spirits during the half-hour that followed i felt rather than saw that this fact amused miss warren exceedingly for a few moments we sat in silence but i fear my grace was as graceless as my morning worship had been miss warren's manner was reverent were her thoughts also wandering and whither she certainly held mine and by a constraint that was not unwelcome when she lifted her expressive eyes i concluded that she had done better than merely comply with a religious custom the spirit of this home has infected you i said it might be well for you also to catch the infection i know it would be well for me and wish to expose myself to it to the utmost you are the only obstacle i fear i yes i will explain after supper to explain that you have good cause to ask for time richard morton does thee like much sugar in thy tea mrs yocomb asked no yes none at all if you please my hostess looked at me a little blankly and ada and silas jones giggled 
a glass of milk will help us both out of our dilemma i said with a laugh an editor should be able to think of two things at once miss warren remarked in a low aside that depends on the subject of his thoughts but don't breathe that word here or i'm undone richard morton said mr yocomb i hope thee feels the better for mother's ministrations since we came home will thee pass thy plate for some more of the same kind mrs yocomb has done me good ever since i followed her into the meeting-house i replied i am indeed the better for her dinner and i ought to be i feared you would all be aghast at the havoc i made but it is your kindness and hospitality that have done me the most good i would not have believed yesterday afternoon that my fortunes could have taken so favorable a turn why what was the matter with you then asked ada with wide-eyed curiosity and little zella looked at me with a pitying and puzzled glance a common complaint in the city i was committing suicide and yesterday became conscious of the fact mr morton must have hit on an agreeable method of suicide since he could commit it unconsciously miss warren remarked mischievously i read in emily warren's newspaper this afternoon said silas jones with awkward malice of a young fellow who got a girl to marry him by pretending to commit suicide he didn't hurt himself much though the incident amused ada exceedingly and i saw that miss warren's eyes were full of laughter assuming a shocked expression i said i am surprised that miss warren takes a paper so full of insidious evil then with the deepest gravity i remarked to silas jones i have recently been informed sir on good authority that each one instinctively finds and reads in a newspaper that which he likes or needs i sincerely hope my dear sir that the example you have quoted will not lead you to adopt a like method ada laughed openly to her suitor's confusion and the mouths of the others were twitching with the complexion of the rose at his buttonhole mr jones said a trifle vindictively i thought the paragraph might refer to you sir you seem so slightly hurt i don't like to contradict you but i cannot be this ingenious youth whose matrimonial enterprise so deeply interests you since i am not married and i was hurt severely thee had been overworking said mrs yocomb kindly working foolishly rather i thought i had broken down but sleep and your kindness have so revived me that i scarcely know myself are you accustomed to take in tramps from new york that depends somewhat upon the tramps i think the right leadings are given us if good leadings constitute a friend i am one to-day for i have been led to your home now i move to preach a little said mr yocomb richard morton does thee realize the sin and folly of overwork if thee works for thyself it is folly if thee toils for the good of the world and art able to do the world any good it is sin if there are loved ones dependent on thee thee may do them a wrong for which there is no remedy thee looks to me like a man who has been overdoing unfortunately there is no one dependent on me and i fear i have not had the world's welfare very greatly at heart i have learned that i was becoming my own worst enemy and so must plead guilty of folly well thee doesn't look as if thee had sinned away thy day of grace yet if thee'll take roast beef and common sense as thy medicine thee'll see my years and vigor richard morton said his wife with a gentle gravity never let any one make thee believe that thee has sinned away thy day of grace mother thee's very weak on the terrors of the law 
these always for coaxing the transgressor out of the broad road these latitudinarian now and these a little queer father emily warren am i queer you are very sound and sensible in your advice to mr morton she replied one may very easily sin against life and health beyond the point of remedy i should judge from mr morton's words that he is in danger now mother thee sees that emily warren believes in the terrors of the law thee wouldn't be a very good one at enforcing them emily said mrs yocomb nodding her head smilingly toward her favorite the trouble is said miss warren a little sadly that some laws enforce themselves i know of so many worn-out people in new york both men and women that i wish that mr yocomb's words were printed at the head of all our leading newspapers yes said mr yocomb if editors and newspaper writers were only as eager to quiet the people as they are to keep up the hubbub of the world they might make their calling a useful one it almost takes my breath to read some of our great journals do you not think laziness the one preeminent vice of the world i asked not of native-born americans i think restlessness nervous activity is the vice of our age i am out of the world and can see it all the more clearly thee admits that thy city life was killing thee i know it would kill me in a month i would like to have a chance to be killed by it said ada with a sigh thy absence would be fatal to some in the country i heard silas jones remark and with a look designed to be very reproachful don't tell me that melissa bunting would soon console thee thee stands city life quite well emily said mrs yocomb yes better than i once did i am learning how to live there and still enjoy a little of your quiet but were it not for my long summers in the country i fear it would go hard with me also you have suggested my remedy i said my business does not permit much chance for rest unless it is taken resolutely and like many other sinners i have great reforms in contemplation it must be a dreadful business that came so near killing you ada remarked looking at me curiously what can it be mrs yocomb glanced at her daughter reprovingly but miss warren's eyes were dancing and i saw she was enjoying my rather blank look immensely i decided however that honesty and audacity would be my best allies and at the same time i hoped to punish ada a little through her curiosity i must admit that it is a dreadful business deeds of darkness occupy much of my time and when good honest men like your father are asleep my brain and hand are busiest now you see what a suspicious character your father and mother have harbored in their unquestioning hospitality the young lady looked at me with a thoroughly perplexed and half-alarmed expression my gracious she exclaimed what do you do you do not look as if inclined to mercy i replied mr yocomb and miss warren believe in the terrors of the law so i have decided to make a full confession to mrs yocomb after supper i think that i am one of the transgressors that she could coax after a momentary and puzzled glance at my laughing critic mrs yocomb said emily warren knows thy secret so you have told emily warren but will not tell us ada complained in a piqued tone and manner indeed you are mistaken miss warren found me out by intuition i am learning that there is no occasion to tell her things she sees them mr yocomb's face wore a decidedly puzzled look 
and contained also the suggestion of an apt guess well he said thee has shown the shrewdness of an editor and a yankee one at that miss warren now laughed outright thee thinks he continued that if thee gets mother on thy side thee's safe i guess i'll adopt a common editorial policy and sit safely on the fence till i hear what mother says to thy confession are you laughing at me i asked miss warren with an injured air to think that one of your calling should have got into such a dilemma she said in a low tone it's delicious my cheeks may become bronzed but never brazen miss warren my guilelessness should touch your sympathies well said ada with rather a spiteful look at miss warren i'm glad i've not got a prying disposition i talked with you half the afternoon and did not find you out even mrs yocomb laughed at this now miss warren i said turning to her with a triumphant look i hope you feel properly quenched is there any record of your crime or misfortune or whatever it may be in miss warren's newspaper asked silas jones with a slight sneer yes sir of both if the truth must be told i replied that is the way she found me out this unexpected admission increased the perplexity all around and also added to miss warren's merriment where is the paper said ada quickly at this peculiar proof of his daughter's indifference mr yocomb fairly exploded with laughter he seemingly shared his wife's confidence in miss warren to the degree that the young lady's knowledge of my business combined with her manner was a guarantee against anything seriously wrong moreover the young girl's laugh was singularly contagious its spontaneity and heartiness were irresistible and i feared that her singing would not be half so musical richard morton said mrs yocomb rising if thee wishes to free thy mind or conscience or heart i will now give thee an opportunity my fate is in your hands if you send me back to my old life and work i will go at once ah exclaimed miss warren in mock gravity now there is a touch of tragedy in your words must we all hold our breaths till you return absolved or condemned and were i condemned would you breathe freely yes indeed i would if mrs yocomb condemned you but after my sense of justice was satisfied i might be moved to pity and you think i may become a pitiable object you would be indeed if mrs yocomb condemned you lead on i exclaimed with a gesture of mock tragedy this is the hour of destiny end of book first chapter six